Information is power. everybody this is the information man welcome to the program i hope everybody can hear me out there this is the first thing we need to do because we know how sometimes the streams can be on youtube everybody out there if you can hear me uh just put yes in the chat room i see your blood x we got blood x in the house we've got the guy from texas we got my man mo reese hey brother mo reese i gotta get you on the show we got to have a political discussion, brother, so got to get you on very soon. We got my man, uh, T.R. Nari, that was in the house earlier. We got B.B. Scratching. B.B. Scratcher's in the house, or oh, maybe I thought it was her. We got Green Organic Love in the house. Thank you for being here. We got, uh, wow, Just Being Patties in the house. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you being here. Uh, I got a dynamic brother on, the brother, uh, brother uh, Terrence uh, McCray. Terrence McCray is in the house. And, Absolutely. Uh, and what I'm going to do, put some respect on his name, we got Terrence McCray in the house. This brother, and I'm going to say it to you, everybody, as I begin to release the thumbnail in a moment, uh, this brother has um, is dynamic. Uh, this brother has been over the hard side of the mountaintop to achieve the things that he's achieving now and connecting with people and networking and business and small business and and building up people who are coming out of the prison system trying to recapture their lives, their mind, their hearts, their spirit. And this brother has a dynamic show, and it's called The Close the Deal Show by Terrence McRae. Okay? The Close the Deal Show. And this brother has incredible guests on his show. Talks about, like I said before, he gets into business, team building. How do you build up a, a small business into a big business? How do you network with people? Sales. I mean, he's, he, has a, he had a show on his, on his platform where he had a sister on there that was talking about the aspects of sales. So what I'm bringing to you all tonight, and let me release the avatar, and I thank you all for coming in uh, as you are into the program tonight, as we definitely appreciate all your support, everybody out there. And here I am, the information man, uh, show as you know me um, we're going to get into a lot of discussions tonight I brought a brother on who I think has a lot to offer my show is about solutions yes we talk about very difficult po polarizing issues we get into cultural issues racial issues things that are happening in new in the news um, we talk about uh, how do you build a man what are the the uh, responsibilities of a man particularly black men you heard me a few weeks ago, uh, just a week or two ago, raving on these airways about the fact that black men are great fathers and that we want to be in the life of our children. And we know that the uh, family courts have got us real jacked up. OK, so. And I want to bring solutions. And this brother that I have on tonight is a solution because this is a brother who. At one point in time in his life, and I remember hearing him say on his own show that in 1989, 
<laughs> where he at where he was in 89 was not a good place to be in okay this brother has come from a long way to be where he is now and i told a lot of you know and i've told you that i i do work in the prison system in mental health and i have dealt with brothers in there that want to change their life who have aspirations to transform themselves from their prison background and with that said let me bring this brother in terrence mccray give him a nice clap folks as I bring them in. All right. All right. Woo, Brother Ma, brother McCray, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Man, um, let me ask you something. I know you found me in the uh, LinkedIn. We started talking on LinkedIn, and you were telling me you wanted to talk to me a little bit about your experience coming out of the prison system. And in some ways you got to, as you know, black people all our life, we've had to manipulate and do things to survive in this society, in this world. And we know that the prison system, knowing the history of it, it started to raise its naked head right after black people came out of slavery into reconstruction when black men were supposed to be free. And that's when the prison system really started to take off because it was just another form in the sense of slavery as black men were coming out of slavery into reconstruction. Then you had Jim Crow. And during that period of time, you had a heavy, um, heavy amount of black men that are being, were being incarcerated under those Jim Crow, Crow laws as another way to oppress us and take and rob us of our mind and our dignity. With that said, brother, uh, let everybody know who you are, what you've been through, if you don't mind, brother. And the floor is yours. I really appreciate that um, excellent introduction. However, I do want to chime in on how you opened up in regards to not just how we met, but on the prison system alone. Okay. And how it it correlates with slavery. And the reason being is, I think um, when I first got into the system was 1992, when I actually got into the prison state system, it was in 1993. And prior to me getting into the system, I can recall one of the days that I went to the library and a guy that had already been in in the system for so long asked me, you know, why are you up in here? You know, why are you in the library? Mm -hmm. I said, because I need to figure out how this lawyer misrepresented me. Right. Well, you know, that's a good start. You know, that's a very good start because young men like you, Don't try to figure out or learn what the system is designed as and how they got themselves incarcerated so they won't get themselves incarcerated back. So for me, I think the first thing that I learned about law in itself was how an older guy that had been in prison for so long explained to me, he said, you know what, one of the first issues that occur in slavery in order for um, blacks to start being housed in the prison system Mm -hmm. was, um, you know how you see right now today, people hang out on corners, right. You know, in certain areas, he said, well, you know, that's how the law loitering came about where slaves couldn't congregate and be amongst each other just to dialogue and communicate and share information and exchange something amongst each other. So they created that into a law called 
You can't loiter over here. You can't stand over here for too long. That's when I realized I needed to educate myself. Yeah. So it took for me, unfortunately, to take another human being's life to understand what my sole purpose in life was. And to me, I found that troubling because after I had been in prison for so long, I kept hearing stories and stories and stories. And I'm talking about decades of prison. I'm not talking about a few months, a few weeks, a violation. I'm talking about over two decades plus four and some more months. Wow. But at that moment in time in my life, you know, I would never have known because of what I'd done that it would be generational. It wouldn't just be because I'm here right now. Even when I leave this world, I will still always be remembered for something horrific. Mm. And that's not something I glorify or want other people to think that that's who my mom raised me to be because that sure wasn't. I, I didn't come from a poverty sickened story. You know, I wasn't abused. You know, um, I had a come from a single parent household and my mom did the best she could. She always provided for me. She made sure I had whatever it was that I needed but I wanted something more. And that was that father figure. I didn't have that in my life. Stop right there, brother. Stop right there. This is Mm -hmm. why I'm so glad that you said what you said. I've said to people uh, many times on these airwaves that a lot of the brothers that I deal with uh, in the prison system, uh, when I'm talking to brothers, Latinos, um, various different races of people, one of the things that a lot of them have in common is they say that, if I would have had the proper father figure in my life, there's a chance that I may not have ended up in prison. He said, they said that, you know, some guys will tell me that the, the gang became my family, my mother de facto, uh, when my, when my mother wasn't there for me or my father wasn't there for me. And a lot of them are saying that are doing heavy time life sentences, you know, brothers that are doing a lot of time, young men that are coming in there 21 years old and they may never get out of prison. They're saying, if I had only listened to the male figure in my life, or if I had a strong male figure in my life that was on a positive level. So I, I do, I see brothers in there who have a lot of regret about not having that figure that you speak of. So that's why I had to stop you because what you're saying is resonating with me. And it, it rings true with the guys that I deal with right now, every day. It's, well, see, it go deeper than that. Go ahead, brother. Yes, yeah, yes. I'm the type of person where I don't play the blame game. Okay. Okay. And what I mean by I don't play the blame game. Yes. Just because I didn't have a father figure in my life wasn't no excuse for me to make certain choices in my life. What I'm referring to is the fact that that led me to not understand how to process why I get angry. Right. There were times where I couldn't go to my mom and explain to her emotionally because I may be mad at her and I can't tell her I'm mad at you. So I'm acting out. So in my situation, it was more or less um, a guiding factor where it's a requirement. If you bring a child into this world, men and women, for you to educate your child. okay, and in educating for a young man um, like myself, at an early age, when you picked up at seven years old and you taken to a whole nother foreign land mm. 
and you 3,000 miles away from your habitat in which the first seven years of your existence is based on knowing who's who, who's the family, and that's your nest egg when you can go down the street to your grandmama, but when you 3,000 miles away and you don't know nobody, it become a rebellious type of response towards certain things with the household in the household right. where that anger and frustration is wondering, why are we over here? Why why I can't go see my cousins? Why I can't go over grandma's house or grandpa's house? As a matter of fact, who is my daddy? Mm. Can I go can I go see him? And that mindset that created that anger, that created that outlook of looking for something else. Right. To where if it's not nurtured and explained to over, it becomes um, something where I felt I needed to find something more than what I'm accustomed to. And that's just mom in the household. My mama loved me to death. She spoiled me. Okay. But at the same token, I had to reach out because when I'm exposed to other young men who look like me and their fathers and their mothers in their household, that's what I was gravitating towards the most because that's what I grew up seeing. That's what I grew up hearing. Right. That's what I grew up learning. So I became conditioned to that through seven years. But then quickly that left, right? Because I'm around my family. Okay? Yes. Okay? Whenever I'm going to see my family. But when I'm not around my family, what happens? Okay? I got to go somewhere else. So unfortunately for me, you know, um, there are so many dynamics that transpired earlier in my life that that built that that rage inside to where unfortunately the day came where I got caught up in L.A. gang life and found myself trying to be something that I really wasn't. It led me down a road in the path of self-destruction. Um, it led me down a road where I impacted the community. It led me down a road where I impact generations of a family household amongst his friends, um, amongst his coworkers, you know, amongst so many different people where two or three generations was built after I left to where they heard my name, right. you know, and, and to some people that's like venom in their mouth. It's disturbing. Okay. It makes them feel uncomfortable. And I don't never want to be remembered or thought of based on that. So that's how I was able to realize, you know, I can't allow my victim life to be lived in vain, no matter what anybody says, whether they believe you deserved it or not. At the end of the day, right, it made me reflect on a lot of different things to where all my childhood friends, they got families, mm. they married, they got homes, okay? They got college degrees. So I had to go to school in the hard knocks. I had to rechannel my whole thought process. Okay. Yeah. I had to change my way of thinking. I had to change my association, but I had to pay attention to what the hell's going on in the world. And then getting that opportunity again, I had to take more than just advantage of it. I had to humble myself. And it's ironic. I had ran into a guy who I used to facilitate groups with today at one of the biggest youth organizations right here in San Francisco called United Players. And Colin Kaepernick was coming to visit. Okay. But I had to go to another meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had to go to another meeting, which is with Green Life Community. Green Life Community. Environmental. 
okay, um, environmental organization that I'm a member of. So I could have, yeah, stayed just to get photos, but I, I had a commitment somewhere else. So when I was young, I didn't think responsibly, okay? I didn't take accountability for my actions because whenever I'd done something prior to going away, right, I didn't recorrect that behavior. See, a lot of guys don't realize that when you get caught up in something once in your life, you got to start right there working on yourself. You can't wait later down the road because you working in mental health. They know that if you in prison, you didn't make multiple mistakes. But at what point did you take accountability for it? Wow. Everybody out there, you're listening to the Information Man show. And just as a reminder, um, you, we are we are live on Spreaker right now. This will be for everybody out there listening, whether it be in SoundCloud, Spotify later on, Anchor, Google Podcasts, okay? And then we got Apple Podcasts. We got CastBox, iHeartRadio Podcast. These are some of the platforms that this particular show tonight will be heard on after uh, the broadcast is over and I'm able to port it over, but you can listen live on Spreaker, get a radio style um, sound to this. Uh, I'm glad that we have with us once again, brother Terrence McRae, who is with us. Um, this is a brother who has a fantastic uh, show that he does. And this, once again, you can see the close the deal show. Check this brother out. I am going to put his link in the chat room several times to his YouTube uh, channel. If you would like to check him out, I would say you definitely need to uh, subscribe to the brother's channel. This brother right here is the things that I speak about. He is doing real community work. Oftentimes we get on these airwaves and we talk about things, but this brother that I have you on here ain't your garden variety regular YouTuber. This brother, not only he has a YouTube channel, but he also has his own show. And by the way, brother, that show is 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 produced, or it's uh, you are the you are the CEO of that show. That show is on the public access channel in San Francisco. How is how is that broadcast? That's broadcast in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Cable Comcast on channel twenty nine online all over the world okay. on channel twenty nine period SFC period TV. It's also broadcast. In Los Angeles, right. um, the studio that I'll be doing in Los Angeles, it's on Pasadena Media, which is on cable. No, the cable channel out there is Spectrum Charter yes. Channel 32. Right, right. Let me do a little bit of shout out. Uh, I've got some good folks coming into the chat room. I see we got Carter's Eat in the chat room, just being patty again. Make sure y'all check out their channels and support them. We got Craig Harper in there. George Frazier is coming in the house. A lot of good people in the chat room. Let me um, show some of their um, congratulations. Somebody must have a thousand views or subscribers or something like that. We got a lot of people in the chat room that are trying to grow their channels. But once again, um, for everyone out there listening, this is also being broadcast on Spreaker as well as YouTube. And we'll also port over to the other podcasting platforms that I'm using. And I want to say peace and love to everybody out there who will be, who is either will be listening to this and those other podcasting platforms. Thank you for listening. 
and those that are listening live out there in Spreaker or will be listening to the replay or on demand of this. Once again, we have my man Terrence McRae with us. This brother is dynamic. Now, when you were in prison at that time and you were beginning to transform yourself, you were beginning to um, develop a different perspective as to where you wanted to take your life. Um, what was the biggest obstacles? Because I, I, when I deal with guys, you know, a lot of them are very nervous sometimes about paroling out of prison. Some guys sometimes do things to stay in prison because they're so afraid of how society is going to treat them. And in some cases, some guys may not have family support. They may not know where they're going to live. What was some of the things that you had to deal with, whether uh, negatively uh, when going back to the community, given doing time uh, for the things that you had engaged in? Well, for me, it's like what I tell every individual that goes before the board and after they get out. Right. It's very simple. Um, food, clothing, and shelter. Bottom line. These are the most um, important things that every human being needs. However, Along with that, one of the things that I understand the most that helped me realize what I needed to um, grasp quickly is technology. Mm -hmm. Me being concerned about how other people see me, yes, that's something that I could easily process and get through without having to worry about um, something like, am I going to have a roof over my head after I get out this halfway house? So I ain't got time to be fooling around or thinking that this is a slumber party because this ain't no slumber party. This is my life. Right. This ain't the system no more. This ain't where um, when they ring that bell, like a herd of cattle, it's time to go to chow or it's time to lock up mm -hmm. and you walk around in a circle. This ain't one of those situations. I had the mindset and built it based on the group of men that I hung out with and based on the books that I've read where I need to lay down my foundation. I put a relapse prevention plan together. I got in tune with myself. Terrence, what bother you? When you feel a certain way, are you going to hold it in? Who are you going to reach out to? Who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to exhale how you feel? And they'll be receptive to just listen. If I want some feedback, I'll ask for it. I just need to get something off my chest. I may call my mama, but I had it already determined that I'm not finna be in a situation like this ever again where I have to ask anybody, not even my mama, for another package, for another, so I can make it to the canteen. I wasn't going to depend, rely on nobody other than me, myself, because I said to myself, as long as I got all my faculties, I already got a mouthpiece. Right. Okay. And I ain't no ugly looking individual and I'm not trying to sound conceited, but at the same token, um, I got two ears, I got a mouth, I got two feet and I got two hands. Right. If I got to go pick up cow manure, I'm going to be the best cow manure pickupper in the world. I ain't going to have a problem with it because when I first got out, um, the first job I had was selling Obama phones. I paid more money taking the um, BART to Berkeley than I got paid. Two weeks later, I got hired by FedEx. I worked at FedEx Ground 
on Landline 8 in San Mateo at 1070. San Mateo. San Mateo. Okay. And let me tell you something. Gloria is the HR supervisor there. I was her best um, landline worker there. I can go get a job at FedEx right now if I needed a job. I don't have that problem. Because one of the things that I had my mind set on is if I want to achieve something, right, I already believe in me, okay? I already believe in me. I just knew the only challenges that stood in my way was me. So I even expressed that in a little book that I started writing. Some of the, some of the most valuable things that... One is given at an early age, if he can remember, is from our grandparents. And if we remember those jewels, you know, that they share with us at a young age, when we facing a great deal of anxiety or stress and we take a few deep breaths and just reflect on what they meant by that, that's what prison done to me. When I sat in them cells and looked at them four gray walls and I seeing individuals either kill themselves through suicide, right. sleeping with men, catching HIV, or shooting up heroin in their arms, right? Or hanging themselves because they can't take it too much. That made me just sit back and reflect. I want what the next person want in life when I'm watching TV, right? When I'm reading these books and these magazines and I'm seeing how people are really living out here in the world. I already knew that as long as I got a roof over my head, food and clothes on my back, I ain't going to have to ever worry about anything, ever. Because at the end of the day, if you look at all the issues out there right now dealing with homelessness, people are not tuned within themselves. They don't know how to process them emotions right. within themselves. So it becomes so disturbing that they start acting out. They start believing whatever it is that's going on in their head. Right. Uh, I actually, when you were talking about brothers, I mean, individuals in the prison system that are trying to take their life, I deal with that personally on a day-to-day basis when I'm there working in mental health. And I'm in many cases, I have talked a lot of guys out of taking their life a lot of guys feel isolated. Of course, they are concerned about family. Uh, you have guys that talk about hearing voices and feeling tormented, seeing things, seeing shadows. Guys who can't sleep, they're stressed. They have a lot of a- acute symptoms, schizophrenia. They have anxiety. Um, sometimes when I'm dealing with guys in my group, some guys, they don't like being around a lot of people. They may have to leave the group. They may feel, hey, I don't want to set with my back to anybody. They're feeling that anything can jump off at any time. And then at the same time, some 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 guys, they say, you know what, I don't want to take the medications. The medications are making me feel worse. Some guys need medications and they won't. And in some cases, you know, we've had to do things to, you, you're familiar with this. We got the PC-2602 or what we used to call the CAHIA involuntary medications when guys were either a danger to themselves or others. And that's that how dog. That how dog. Yeah. <laughs> how dog. That's that how dog. How dog. That, 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 that literally. Fairy quill. Listen, <laughs> listen, all that will literally 
deteriorate that individual. Ain't no coming back from that. That's true. Once they take that stuff, they not coming back. They gone. They gone. And that's why they, a lot of gone. guys. And that's they why, gone. That's why. I, I, didn't see, I didn't see the hardest Crips, the hardest Bloods, mm. the hardest Mexican Mafia, the hardest Aaron, um, Aaron Brotherhoods. Yes. I didn't see it all. Once they got a dose of that, they didn't buckle down. Right. They I, couldn't even think straight. They 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 speech is not proper. It, it's it's sad. It's they ruined. Right. I, I everything that you just said, I I deal with the same. I, I experience the same thing. There's sometimes they take these medications and their mind is not the same. They turn into zombies, and which is why. I, I deal with, I see a lot of guys who get, will get upset and they will say, I don't want that medication. And that's why I was saying, you know how they will put you on the involuntary medications because uh, the court order says you got to take this. And a lot of guys fight it. They're struggling with it. And so well, see, a lot of guys set themselves up with that too. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a double sword. Well, yeah. Cause because some guys might try I, to, I, to I admit it to you. I played the, I played the mental health game yeah, yeah. in the prison system. I played it. I manipulated it to my advantage. Right. Okay. And the the mental health system manipulated people based on it, it being a money thing right. to their advantage. Right. And the guys that end up having to take that based on the court order did it solely because they might have been trying to get out of a disciplinary infraction right. that penalized them to right. be in that type of situation. Because, see... It goes back to what we both doing. Mm-hmm. We provide the information. Right. Because when guys are in the system, they always looking for a easy way up out of a situation. Okay. We we all took shortcuts in the system. I don't care who you is. You can say you religion, you can say whatever. If you can manipulate this officer to get you a transfer to an institution that provide more resources for you, you're gonna do what you gotta do. Okay. Right. Other than the fact you get an individual go who, who go beat up somebody to go to another institution, right? Because his partner going there and he trying to get on that, that train ride as well. It's the same way. So it go hand in hand. It's just like when you said to me, what was the obstacles? When I got out here, the first time I had to get on the train, okay? I was blessed and fortunate enough by two significant people. Um, one of the women, um, one of the persons was a woman by the name of Rebecca Carter. Um, she works for eBay and um, her husband, David Cowan. Um, he he was working for a nonprofit organization called Alliance for Change. And then another um, woman, um, her name, Irma. Irma. Yeah, I think that's her name. Irma. Um, these two women picked me up after they picked me up. Right. They provided me a home kit. And then Dave and his wife took me shopping and I had a phone and all of that. But I can recall when they came back to get me after they dropped me off in the transition house, the first day they took me out to go use a clipper card, right? Hmm. And show me when I opened up my first account, I opened it up with a credit union. So the first two times that I had to do something physically on my own, it, it felt odd and um, anxiety overwhelmed me when I had to put in a debit card and pay for something. And I couldn't remember my pin code. Wow. And I got a whole bunch of people in line waiting and I can hear another guy make a comment like, come on, man, what, what, what the hell's the problem? You know? And I felt like how some of the homeless people is being looked at and looked upon. 
It overwhelmed me for a brief second, but I had to take a couple deep breaths just to process that emotion, just to process that and not be like, well, don't trip and don't snap back because at an early age and in the system, it was always when somebody approached you, you might've taken that as a threat as you being challenged. Mm -hmm. So ideally I had to realize that they do this on a normal day and I had to get used to this. Okay. Because you know, just like in the system, right? Right. Everything is based on respect and the code out here. Don't nobody give a damn about you. That's right. <laughs> Ain't nobody worried about you, but they don't give a damn about you out here. You could be lying over there on the ground. Mm-hmm. sick, whatever your problem is. Everybody ain't going to stop to help you. So acceptance is an obstacle that I had to overcome. You got to accept how things are. So immediately when I had already changed my mindset, I knew that the first thing I needed to learn, which was going to be an obstacle in business, was ethics. Ethics. Mm. A whole new realm. This ain't the type of ethics that we live by in prison. This is the type of ethics that every business professional strives daily to succeed in in order to be successful and not lose their values in which place them in the position that they in. Because just because you're doing good in your life don't mean there's not cutthroats. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of cutthroats in the professional world. And when you don't already not just know the language, when you haven't experienced it, you'll get played just like you was played when you was in the game every time. Right. I want to, what I wanted to say to you is uh, what you just said for everybody out there that's listening. Once again, this is the information man show. You're listening to brother Terrence McRae of the, the close the deal show. Who's on with me. Brother has had a lot of experience in the prison system, but he has transformed his life into other great things. He's giving you the real truth because he's right. Uh, when I've every day in my day, everyday capacity working in the prison environment, there are guys who do play possum and play mental ill, but they're not mentally ill. They're simply uh, manipulating the situation to their best advantage. There's guys who may use it because they want to do easy time. They might have drug debts on the yard. They may be trying to run away from the gang situation or a variety of different things. There's guys who come in and they want to get the SSI. It's about survival and trying to survive. And Lisa Carbero, I'm so glad. I'm so happy to see you here, sister. I thank you for the super chat. Let me go ahead and give you a thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This Lisa, I love you, Lisa. I'm so glad to see you here. Love to see you here more. I know you got on your show, you do like a 24-hour programs on your show. But Lisa, thank you for the super chat again. I appreciate you being here and supporting uh, what, the, what, the brothers, what a brother's trying to do. We have a fantastic guest on, my man, Terrence McRae. This brother is dynamic, and um, we're going to continue this. Once again, for those of you that are listening out there on the uh, podcast platforms, you know I have a second YouTube channel. It's called Information Man uh, Speaks Podcast. You are listening to a live show on my YouTube channel, my first channel, Information Man Show, 
which I am broadcasting right now into the podcast. So those of you out there listening in the podcast world, thank you for your support as well. Getting back uh, right now to to you, brother, you're saying so many truths and pearls of wisdom right now. This is what I want to ask you. This is very important. How does one come from where you've come from, being in prison, trying to transform your life, to having, I know you were saying that you had to work on yourself. And a lot of times when I'm in discussions with other black men, we talk about how black men need to be on our, on our, on, on, on what's best for ourselves in terms of building ourselves up spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, getting our business together, whether it's being an entrepreneur, whatever it is, black men need to work on ourselves and not just chase after women per se, but be about building yourself. How did you get to a point where you had this vision to say, I'm going to create a show. I'm going to go into business. I'm going to connect with different organizations and net. What, how does one come from the prison environment, which you know, brother, the prison environment is very tribal, right? You got to be on this side. You know, you have the, you have the Southerners and Nathaniels, you have the black gorilla family, you have the bloods, you have the Crips. Everything is a little tribal. And like you said, it's based on respect, how you treat people. How does one come from out of that environment like yourself, brother, to have the kind of insight that you have right now to do what you're doing right now with your show and, and all the travels that you that you have got, got you have uh, ventured into? How, brother? Well, for me personally, right, um, I can actually say two things. One, I had changed my faith in prison. I became Muslim. So it was imperative that I understood what a Muslim was. And that required a whole lot. It was like um, a drill sergeant of discipline. And one of the things in Islam they teach you is, is humility. Okay. Right. And humility, the term that's used is called taqwa. You know, when you have self-restraint, you know, it's like if um, I left something on the table or if I left something on my bunk and I came back and it was gone, you know, I'm not supposed to overreact. I'm supposed to say, okay, maybe where is my stuff? But at the same token, you know, um, there's a hadith. Um, don't quote me on this. Whereas whoever it was that might have taken that, right, they needed it more than you did. Mm. So the fact that I had it, I need to be able to continue to realize that I don't need to attach myself to nothing in this world. Nothing. Because when it comes time for me to leave, right, I'm not bringing it with me. So the fact that when I put myself in a position to have things, I'm supposed to give it away, give it back have enough to sustain me and enjoy it, right? But don't harbor it. So I had to learn how to develop humility. Right. So things occurred for me after me getting out, right, was fear. I wear fear on my on my coat, like a coat, not on my coat, but like a coat. I wear that on me, right? Yes. Because I'm in a whole new environment now. The world is no longer the world like I remember it when I left, okay, in 1992. Because, see, I went on a run for three years and two months. So I got to see the world, mm. right? An average individual, right, when I've been in prison, they never went out their hood. 
That's right. So I didn't, I didn't been to the Bahamas, to the East Coast, to the West Coast, to Vancouver, BC. I didn't been all over the United States, and I lived in a whole bunch of states, right? So what helped me was, and I may it, and I may sound a little arrogant about this, but I grew up around bougie blacks. I grew up in West Los Angeles, so anything that I would come across, I may have seen it early on in my early years, but didn't know how to maintain it or educate myself to keep it. So inside, that's what I had to develop, these type of tools, not for a fast meal, but longevity-wise, an everyday meal, okay? So for me, um, I had to have positive energy. And there was a program inside prison um, that this this beautiful human being created called the Five Ventures. It's an entrepreneur program that taught individuals um, management, leadership, and character development skills. But this woman, Catherine, has so much hustle, she put it on Wall Street. She blew it up. Wow. She blew it up to the point where 65% of all Fortune 500 companies, the CEOs, knew about her program. And Cheryl Sandberg is one of her best friends. Wow. They asked her out millions. Wow. She, she had to change it because she got caught up in the scandal, not for no embezzlement, but on some other stuff that I don't even want to bring up on your show, you know, because the times has changed. Hmm. You know, the way the world is, I'll leave it as that. But it didn't stop her. So she created a new one. But through this program, right, I had already had my mindset changed. I'm going to change that C-R-I-P to I-N-C and make myself a corporation because I know who I am today. Whereas I was trying to be somebody else's character and that character that they wanted me to be, right, wasn't really in me. I wasn't built like that. I didn't need to be that. Why? I was just looking for something like everybody else looking for something. Just like in slavery, we all huddle up, find out what the hell's going on, what we going to do. Because that's how it is in the community. That's why they we use certain slang terms that it could be universal. Who got the hookup? Can I get a discount? We only use those type of terms. So in the situation, just like with gangs, when you grow up in that type of culture, you are subject to be involved in it. So I wanted to be involved in the corporate world mm-hmm. where today I'm associated in a member of Urban Financial Service Coalition. Them all black bankers, all black investors, all financial planners. I'm their first reentry wow. person in their organization. Okay. I, I've been a part of the economic summit because of me being involved in these type of organizations. I got a scholarship to Golden State University Entrepreneur Program, okay? So I have the platform and the opportunities to make my life better, make my family situation better, but most importantly, give back to those who are coming behind me. So for me, it was already written in stone. This is what you're going to do. You're going to lay down the foundation simply, okay? You're going to network with the people that are the best example in what you want to emulate. You set that standard in a professional world, okay? What is it that I need to know? 
first of all, I need to know how to serve the people. Okay. And what I mean by how to serve the people, I don't have to just sell none. I'm selling me. Right. I don't have to sell nothing tangible. Right. Just me. So ideally, I need a degree like a hotel management. I need to know who everybody is and how I could be of service to you and how you could be of service to me. Now I need to know how to manage all that. I got to have balance with my everyday life and not be so caught up into how the world functions and operates from an economic standpoint, but within the social one as well. But then the third thing I realize is I'm still learning technology. How many individuals you have on your show or you know or you deal with in the system know about a PDF? The, the California Department of Rehabilitation don't teach men how to deal with an email. Mm-hmm. This is something that literally is foreign to someone that's been in prison for 30 years, 25 years. A PDF? They don't even know how to sign their name on that. Right. They're not having you sign your name on a computer through electronically. Okay. So I had to learn technology. Yes. Right. Let, let me just mention this too. And everybody in the chat room, everyone out there that will be listening to this video and everyone out there listening in podcast world, you know, at San Quentin right now, I know, you know, this brother, they're actually teaching brothers how to code. Yes, that's true. However, I know two of the people in there. I'm out here with one of them. A good friend of mine named Jason. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. He worked for he works for uh Last Mile. But at the same token, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, it's only two prisons in the world. I know the other brother in New York who does the coding. I was at an event with him at um Google, which Autodesk sponsored. Okay, it's only two prisons in the entire United States that teaches coding, so, and none of them is in a women's prison. So San Quentin would be one, and one in New York. Wow, and nothing That's of this it. nature is happening. And you know that there's an increase in women being incarcerated now. They don't have this program in the women's prison whatsoever. No, but see, a lot of times people don't fail to realize is this right. The people who create these opportunities to tell these other people to allow these programs to come into play, right, Right. have to go to hula hoops and make changes. But it's just another form of slavery in a different format. Right. It's another form. Because when he comes out, he's their poster child. See, what my show is about, it's mainly about entrepreneurism. Okay. You can't make no excuse because there are the tools out here. Let me give you some simple and this ain't even game. This is just reality. When Obama was in office, right, he created a platform for every American to take full advantage of through the SBA. He created so many resources for African-Americans, especially if you got any hustle about yourself, they're giving you the game for free. All you got to do is sign up. I just met and had a conference the same way we are having one right now, just on Monday. And I wanted to learn about e-commerce. Why? Because I've already created the Close the Deal Business Network from L.A. to the Bay Area membership. 
is coming into effect as we speak where people will be able to sign up. And I'm going to provide you resources and outlets to market your what? Yourself. Where you can have two hours. If you have a following, will you be able to have this space like WeWorks? I have that lined up as we speak. So these type of resources that are out there and available, people are sleep on them. You can't be getting intoxicated. You can't be drinking. You can't be getting high, caught up in all this rap music and all this when all the opportunities is right here for you. You can't make an excuse. If you on social media, right, find somebody who giving away a free webinar and it's going to provide you some gems. So what I do is I use my platform based on that for people not just fairly, um, um, formerly incarcerated, but for Felony friendly businesses. We got a cesspool of talent over here. You know who you also need to be interviewing? Okay. Because she was the first one to do my, not the first one to do my show, but she did my show. A woman by the name of Shelly Winter. Mm. She's the first employee. We talking about somebody that was on meth. Okay. First employee, right? Yes. To ever be hired by one of the biggest Fortune 500 companies. She did Fed time. Wow. Okay. She did Fed time. I'm talking about one of the biggest Fortune 500 companies in the world. Microsoft hired her. Wow. Not only hired her, gave her a promotion. Okay. Yes. Right. And me and her in the same entrepreneur program. Me and her co-members. And because of her, if you go on my YouTube channel, you will see not only a one-on-one show that I did with her, but you will see because of her, I did my first business mixer at her job. Let me see something right now. Let me um let me see something right now because I think Okay. So this platform and these opportunities for individuals who get out of prison is is different and may vary in different states. But like I was mentioning to you about ARC, okay? You've seen the movie Hangovers, right? Right. Who you think created that? Scott Budnick produced it. Big guy. Big guy. He created ARC. He put that into effect for us to have these opportunities, okay? To not just rebrand ourselves, but to learn what we have out here in the world to do better. If you know better, you do better. Because then you ain't got no excuse. Let me ask you this question, brother, because uh, uh, being on YouTube, a lot of times I've been in discussions. I've been in discussions with uh, on panels, and we have these uh, discussions where people are talking about, you know, the black community, that black, you know, Black women this, black men that, the black community is achieving this and achieving that. Now, you're out there, um, you're a businessman. What are you seeing? Are black people, because you're saying that there's a lot of opportunities out there if people would just take advantage of the programs that are still in, that are in place. Are you seeing that black people are taking advantage of these programs as you are educating them and making them aware, or do you think we're still sleeping at the wheel? What is it that you're seeing in your day-to-day networking? Are black people taking advantage? Because I have a concern, and my concern, brother, is that 
are black people prepared for the future and what is to come? Now, I, I mentioned to you before we came on tonight that, you know, in the uh, Bay Area is very difficult. Uh, black people are literally disappearing in San Francisco. Uh, Oakland is becoming gentrified. People are moving further and further out. The Bay Area is a very expensive place to live. Um, we know the ills. We know the historical ills and things that black people have had to deal with. But in your uh-huh. everyday interaction out there on the grassroots level, what's really happening what, from your vantage point, brother? From my vantage point, I would say this. Um, I got to plug this up real quick. It's okay. On the computer. Hold on. Um, I would say mainly I'm no expert on this. I'm new to this this field. I don't have enough time out here to give you, hold on one second, to give you a definitive um, reply to that because of the fact that I haven't been out here a decade to be able to say such that. So I'm nowhere in the position to literally um, indicate uh, in scope um, opinion on that because of that. You know, because just like in the stock market, right, you could look at a market for the first year and see what it does three years later down the line and five years where it may be going and scale it from 10 years, right? I haven't been out here 10 years. I haven't been out here five years. I haven't been in a professional arena, but only for two years and eight months, Um, three years of February um, of next year, 2020 will make my three year mark. So I can't at that point give you um, an answer that will give someone insight. But what I can say from my own experience, right? From my own personal experience, what I've learned is that we always seem to fall back into that Willie Lynch syndrome. I do know that. Yeah. Um, yes. And I do know, I do know that. Um, and that's, that's obvious because you chimed in and said um, about a bunch of black men sleeping with um, a bunch of women. You got to understand. Yeah. Homosexuality is in prison. Yes. Without a doubt. Right. But I was culture shocked when I got out here. Okay. Completely especially in the black community with the high rate of homosexuality, you know, and that is even bigger in the professional arena. That's bigger than just, you know, um, you go into a homosexual, I mean, not a homosexual, but if you go into a parade and it's a gay pride parade, no matter what city you in, because they all over the world, right? That's so huge and so big that a lot of times you have to understand when an individual who was formerly incarcerated and he's now a professional, if he mentioned anything because people tell other people to market yourself in that way because people want to know your story mm-hmm. for you to make that transformation. Yes. And you don't know who you're really dealing with. A lot of times people have an underlining motive, okay, when they want to get to know you, you know, and you have to be very careful with 
how you conduct yourself. That's why I said early on, I need to know ethics because a person can turn it on and turn it off because just because I'm trying to do right don't mean a person can't just switch it up. They can switch it up. You ain't just changed overnight to where you can fully, completely heal. It's more or less, you have to make sure that when you share your story, you're, you're sharing it for a purpose and it's meaningful and not just sharing it just to make yourself sound good or make yourself look good. This is not a game, okay? Because you still got people that will do anything in the world to be in the position that you in and can probably do it 10 times better than the way I'm doing it right now. They just haven't been given that opportunity. That's where their humility comes into play. So for me, when it comes to black professionals today, right, instead of just talking about it, you got to volunteer yourself. You know, and how you going to tell somebody who got mortgage to pay, who got two kids in college, right, right. that when you need them to just get up and be there when they got to close this deal at work. OK, a lot of times if you don't have that balance and most importantly for any any black man, you better have a strong woman on your team that, that, that you, you can't even build yourself to be who you are without a, a strong foundation. Right. You need that foundation. That's the most important part of you succeeding with your spirituality. So I gravitate towards black professionals that's out here making moves who are family men. Okay. Okay. And if they not, if they single, you know what I'm saying? I don't really hang out with them too much. I learn from them. Because at the end of the day, I have to look at how I see myself. You a family man? You got kids? You take care of your responsibility? It's like I learned real quickly. One day I called a good friend of mine. He Muslim. But he's a family man. Okay. And I had something so important to say. He had to cut me off. Why? It's family time. That's a part of ethics whether it's a weekend or work day or whatever. When you talk about family time, you got to cut that all off. You got to hold that word you wanted to say till the time is right. And I had something I had to learn. That's why I say I'm not in a position to say how we need to see if we're going in the right direction. Because a lot of people are already there. Look at the people who made Tyler Perry rich. They're not the ones on the block. They're Christian, family-oriented people. They love Tyler Perry. Christian base, background. And that's what I was explaining to you about in business. You need to know who your customer is. Right. So in building a strong community, right, you need to know what type of community you want to surround yourself with. Like I know an insurance company, right? It's black owned, right? But one of Warren Buffett's partners is a part of that insurance company, right? And this insurance company only deal with clients that are what? That have a household, a family, right? Home and a vehicle. They have a certain standard, a certain level that they are going income to. Bracket. Income bracket. Income bracket. That's right. 
period. That's right. So that's how I realized the way I want to deal with black professionals. I'm dealing with the family oriented dude. I know if I'm dealing with the dude who don't have a female, he going to invite me to a business mixer. Why? Because he looking to come up on something. He looking to meet somebody. He's single. Right. So I, if, if I got my girl, you know what I'm saying? Then I'm going to go with another guy who has a girl. So my girl don't feel like anything that I'm hanging out with somebody who likes to play the field. Right. I think it's about being equally yoked with people. I think I've said this before on here that you can't put black people, people in a bag, black people. We come from all different walks, walks of life, rich, poor, otherwise. A lot of times when we get on a lot of times on some of these airwaves, people will. And I say this all the time. People will take uh, the minimum and make it the maximum and then make the maximum, make it the minimum. So if you say, for example, as we were talking about a week ago or so, if you say, well, black men, don't take care of their kids, don't care about their kids, you're going to use a small number of black men who may be doing those type of behaviors and try to paint that broad brush on all black men that this is what all black men, you just, you can't do that. That's not true. That's not true either. Yeah, and that's not, but we'll, not true at all. But if we can't paint that broad brush, and we know in this society, a lot of times when it comes to black males, we are not betrayed, depicted, in a positive manner, they always look at the negative to put judges all by and to sort of try to define what it is, what it is to be a black man from their perspective. And sometimes black people, we will use narratives that come from people, other people who, who judge us in a racial manner and def- as if it is the truth and the gossip. And so that's why the things that you're saying right now, I appreciate because there are so many different walks of life of people who have so many different backgrounds. And I think it is true, brother. I think if you are a man who has a wife, you have a family, it is very dangerous for you to be running around with guys who are living the quote unquote bachelor life. And they're trying to hit everything that's walking. You put yourself in that jeopardy, you know, your family, man, Hey, deal with, be around brothers that are about family. When I was in college, yeah. most of the brothers that I look, look, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the Fillmore area. I'm from, but was born in Baltimore. I knew people in the Hunters Point, Betrayal Hill. I go way back. I'm 49 years old. I, I go way back, all the way back to Virgos in the Fillmore area and in the Pink Palace and all that stuff, brother. And when I was in college, I started hanging out with brothers that were wanting to be about their studies, wanting to be about trying to transform their life. And I'm telling you, that rubbed off on me. Who you hang out with, who you expose yourself to, the type of language that brothers talk, um, it can rub off on you whether you're hanging out in a negative way. And, hey, I had friends growing up that lived all kind of lifestyles. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's an old saying that a wise man learns from another person's mistake, a fool learns from his own. And that's one saying. And I had a chance to really observe things that were happening to people in the, in the community. And I said, that may not be the direction that I want to go because I'm seeing before my very eyes, young eyes, where it can lead you. Doesn't mean I'm going to judge somebody because, look, I believe that we all make mistakes. None of us are perf- perfect. We all have done something that we're not proud of, but it's 
like I said before, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, where you at right now, where your mindset is right now. What I want you to do, brother, with the time that we have, I want you to talk about your show, some of the organizations that you're involved with. I heard you saying on your show about the um, there's uh, business organizations that are working with different uh, people across the globe, dealing with trying to help folks that are coming out of the prison system. I think I heard you talk about the homeless situation in Los Angeles, which you know, brother, is hitting black men heavily. You know, uh, homelessness amongst black men that are in these situations, it's, it's, hit, it's hitting us. Um, with the organizations that you are aware of, that you are connected with, can you give us a sense of what is going on positively? Because I heard you say that you like to focus on what is positive, not just negative. So what is happening positive in these areas with the organizations that you've been connecting with? Well, let me tell you about one particular person that has already done more strides than I could imagine. Yes, sir. In my first three years, um, pay attention to this name and look this organization up. If there's anyone really listening to this and you want to learn about different organizations, always watch my show nonprofit wise, but Yusef Wiley, my Muslim brother, has changed Los Angeles in understanding what reentry looks like. Wow. This man formulated a self-help group in prison on the five yard at Avenal State Prison, and it was called the Avenal Eight. Okay. And these individuals formulated a group called the Timeless Group. The Timeless Group. Timeless Group. The Timeless Group. Look it up online. Google it. You look up Yousef Wiley. And this man has three transition homes in Los Angeles, California, but he has a big one strictly for the homeless. The city knows who Yousef Wiley is, the mayor office, their reentry department. This man has his curriculum the timeless curriculum in four prisons. Okay. Yes. He created, he created the YW consultant. I'm one of them. He created a program for reentry that after you were released, right? Yes. He will provide a home for you to live in, to get the self-help you need to get you the, the housing you're going to need afterwards through the programs that he's partnered up with. And his organization has partnered up with multiple organizations in L.A. All you have to do if you in prison and unfortunately, if you got a cell phone and you watching this right now, send a letter to the timeless group. You can look it up online and Google it. OK, this man, the is more impactful. the timeless group, this man is more impactful than me. My medium is big, but he has paid the headways. You got to understand something. You, Yousef was my mentor. Mm. See, he was facilitating the self-help groups telling us, you see the chairs in these rooms? They all filled up, right? You got to get up out of that chair and take the position of where I'm at right now because I'm going to be gone. So you have to follow behind me if you want what I want. Don't you want to be home with your family? And he made that very clear. 
So we we we're revolving door of him. Okay. Tremendously, he has impact. Everybody in LA know who Yusef is. Wow. If you about change, okay? If you about being productive to your community. Wait, if you about oh, wait a minute, brother. Yusef, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I know exactly he was who on MSNBC the day he got out. He's a prodigy. He's a prodigy of one of the most powerful Muslims in this country, all over the world. Hamza Youssef. That's his prodigy. Okay. I, the reason why I, I kind of stopped there like that, brother, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that I had a chance to talk to this brother once before. Was he, let me get this correct, was he in any fate or fashion connected to um, brother Nipsey Hussle? To the family I don't know in any kind he, of way. I don't, I don't I don't think he was I don't know personally if he was connected to Nipsey Hustle. Um to the person that I know of, and I just recently um met him about a month ago was Tony Muhammad. Okay. I know he was connected because that to was, Nipsey. The, the, the name that you're saying to me sounds sort of familiar because there was a brother that was sort of a friend to the family, and after Nipsey Hustle and untimely death. I was going to get this interview with this brother, and but then the brother had to pull out because of the wishes of the family to talk about Nipsey's situation. So I'm that's why when you said that name, and I remember this brother, I, I had to- no. See, Yusef, Yusef is he's not the type of person where he wants to stick his chest out. Okay, I get you. Remember, it goes back to that humility I was telling you about. Yes, sir. You know, a lot of people they want to be about it. He don't have to talk about it. He's in the community making a difference. He's showing everybody, right, that was in there with us, right, what he's actually doing. You can look him up on LinkedIn. Yusef Wiley, he's a motivational speaker. He's an author, right? He's a humanitarian. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a Muslim. But most importantly, right, he's God's child giving back, hmm. literally. He's literally giving back. So when you talk about organizations, he's one of the biggest ones out there that is literally able to call on individuals, right, who was locked up with him and help contribute in making a difference in the community. See, he's not going to be like the ones where he's going to let you slide on a few things or, you know, think that you can straddle the fence, be over here and be over there. No, he's going to protect his soul. Okay, he protecting his soul because he know what it's going to be after this. Now, ARC is another one. Scott Bugnett, the um, producer of um, um, the movie Hangover, he created um, Anti-Recidivism Coalition, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just became a that. member of it, mm-hmm. okay? Yes. I just became a member of it. And I love the work they're doing, okay? I mean, love it. So when it comes to those type of nonprofit organizations, there's a woman named um, Darlene, right? She's not getting, and she has a nonprofit called um, Ten Toes In. She's not getting the recognition that all of these nonprofit organizations all over the world need to give her, right? And this woman is making headwaves is because she's doing it voluntarily at Avenal State Prison 
and Pleasanton. And you know what she doing, right? And Rebecca Carter is doing this as well with her husband, Dave um, Cowan. But she's doing something that both of these two people, right, need funding for, but need help with. And that is relationship programs. Because, see, when guys get out of prison, they don't. we don't know how to really have no relationship. I thought I knew a woman. I don't know a damn thing about a woman. I'm still learning every damn day about a woman. Okay? And that's one of the biggest issues that individuals relapse on is women and drugs. That's true. Okay? So these type of organizations is the ones that people need to really uh, make a difference in. Right. Now, out here in San Francisco, I'm a part of too many. Okay? United Players is one of the biggest youth organizations out here in San Francisco and Rudy Corpos, he doing so much work. He, I did two gun buyback shows. I'm not, I wasn't born and raised from San Francisco, but when I got out of prison, I helped remove 600 illegal guns off the streets by putting it out there. Okay. About removing these guns because the only thing guns is made for is to kill. That's right. So here it is. That organization, Returning Citizens for Green Life Community, um, Urban Financial Service Coalition, um, there are so many nonprofit organizations, Larkin Street. Larkin Street is real big in San Francisco. We're talking about helping young teenage kids that are homeless, giving them housing, food, clothes, shelter, free scholarships to go to college, okay, job workforce opportunities, right? So it's available. The only thing is, is these people got to get away from whoever they're associating with, thinking that their reality is the norm. Right. Let me just say something, brother. Um, I've done a lot of work myself in my years working with youth, getting uh, young men into um, college, um, mentoring, being a part of organizations like Big Brothers and Big Sisters, um, so I agree with everything that you're saying on 110%. Let me, let me say this right here. What, what, what I'm enjoying about the things that you're saying tonight is that it's letting me know that, hey, there's people out here. When I'm on YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this to the, to, to, the, to the dubs come home. There are people out here that are doing the work in the community. They're not just talking, but they're actually out there doing the work, and they see what's happening in our community. They see how uh, taking um, and mentoring, and you could change the life of a young person if you just give a small amount of your time. A small amount of your time yeah. could be a damn big, big difference in a child's life. And that's why I don't like hearing people talking about let the community burn, uh, don't be a cleanup man, all this kind of nonsense. Because the bottom line is, if we don't, as men particularly, don't transform our young, our young men in particular, then there will be no community because we're not going to live forever. We have to be able to build for our future. A lot of people don't want to build for the future sometimes because they figure, well, I ain't going to be alive. But the reality is you are, you are sacrificing yourself for the future of young people, of our people, and where they could be in the future. Now, let me say to some, we got another super chat in there. Sister Rosalind, thank you for the $10 super chat. Let me give you some love there. 
Thank you for the super chat. Now, what I want to do is say what's up to a few people in the chat room. You are listening to the Information Man show that is also being podcast. We got my man Kenny in the chat room. Thank you for being here. Patty, screen learning has come in the house. And my man Earl has been in. Oh, brother Duvian and Earl Owens. Peace to you, brother. Uh, we got Carter's Eat. Make sure y'all check out Carter's Eat. Make sure that y'all subscribe to my man Terrence McRae his youtube channel this brother is the close the deal show check him out check out what he's doing he's got great things if you like what he's saying tonight he's not just talking this brother is out there doing the damn thing as well i want to thank you all for being here uh sister carlos eat i'm going to get you on the show soon as possible everybody in the chat room that's come in do me a favor make sure you share this video this this video will probably get more views after the fact but definitely share, 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 share. And then we got my man George Frazier in there. And my man Cugent87 was in the house. I think he's still in the chat room. But thank you for being here. Once again, share the video. Brother, with that said, let me, what is your thoughts right now as it relates to what's happening in Los Angeles around the homeless Homelessness, And we know that there are quite a few black men that are out there in the Los Angeles area across this country that are dealing with this issue. It is a it has been a big issue for years. We know that San Francisco has had a big problem with homelessness, especially in an environment where it's so expensive to just live. What is your thoughts about the homeless situation in Los Angeles in particular as it relates to black men? If you would, if well, you I know I know it being a serious issue. Um, recently, I heard, um, and that was actually the day that I guess LA passed a bill addressing the LA um, homelessness issue. I know that um, I'm not an expert to really elaborate on it. Is because um, one, I'm not in that type of situation, so I don't know emotionally what that feels like i'm fortunate enough to have a roof over my head in san francisco and in la so um i'm very thankful for that what um i would actually say is it's an unfortunate sad situation um with people that are living on the streets i've had the opportunity to see some very disturbing um people living on the streets, and it's sad. I know that, in my honest opinion, looking from people, looking, excuse me, looking at people with their circumstances, a lot of that is mental health. Right. The area that you are expert in. And a lot of that is um, because of drugs. Yes. You yes. know, I think that if you are a woman or if you are a man trying to get out of a certain situation, there are the type of resources where you can overcome homelessness because um, it's not like San Francisco. You know, some people just want to live on the streets, unfortunately. Hmm. There's a small percentage of that. See, in San Francisco, the average income is $120,000, okay? Right. That's the average income. Okay. If you don't if you don't make $120,000, you're living below poverty. That's right. You're living below poverty. So um 
my thing is when it comes to things that I don't really have any experience on or not qualified to speak on, I can't give you a, a definitive answer. You know, I could just basically tell you from my observation, not only is it sad, it's something that um, will be addressed. Okay. And one of the things that I know that's being addressed with it in San Francisco is Sean Haynes is um, a good friend of mine. He's running for 2020, March 3rd, the um, district assembly and the 17th district assembly right here in San Francisco. And I met him not just through LinkedIn, but through mutual friends. And he reached out to me to do my show. And in doing my show, he talked about this nonprofit called Social Impact. And it's to help homeless people that are living on the streets who want to work with the opportunity to storage their property while they go to work. So when it comes to people creating opportunities and avenues for people, it's just like what we was talking about early. It's what you do on this show, provide information. So in order for that person to take money out of their pocket to really learn how to brand his nonprofit so other people can be a part of it if they want to help in not just solving um, homelessness in its entirety, but addressing various areas that could be a benefit. This is a start because to say that every homeless person out there uh, doesn't want to change their condition, only they can do, excuse me, only them can tell you up out of their own mouth, you know, I'd rather stay on the streets or I'd rather live in a home like you or I'd rather have an apartment because I look at the homeless no different than the former prisoner because he's homeless after his time is up when he's in a halfway house, you know, because nine times out of 10, you know, he's in the worst condition as a homeless person. Why? First of all, you better not be black. And you just got out of prison and broke with no job. That's right. Who gonna let you in? Nobody gonna let you in. <laughs> Who gonna let you in? <laughs> so you black. Good. You ain't got no job. Right. And you know what I'm saying? You ain't got no money. I don't right. care if it's your family member. People gonna turn your back on you. So what you gonna have? Nothing right. but the streets. Right. So me- for the homeless person, right? Mm-hmm. To me. A big problem with that is drugs and mental health. And, you know, people keep saying they they let all them people up out of them them nut houses. I said, well, you know, um, that was a long time ago. Everybody on the streets is not from those situations. Yeah, you're talking about about, um, what happened when we go back in history. What exactly yeah, they, happened is that they Ronald Reagan, the same people though. Yeah, Ronald Reagan was the governor of California, if I'm not mistaken, and he uh-huh. released a lot of people out of Napa State. I've gone there to conferences and things of that nature. Napa State Hospital in Napa, okay, with all that good wine, and uh, he released yeah. a lot of people out of those state facilities, and that did contribute to some of the problems that early on in the years. Before, but right now what's going on is a different dynamic. But let me say this because, you know, I lived in San Francisco myself personally over 30 years, went to college there, San Francisco State University, went to high school there, Washington High School, the Eagles, go Eagles. And um, what I noticed in San Francisco in the Bay Area is that there's a lot of people that are in San Francisco that are homeless, 
but they're not actually from San Francisco. They are coming out of from other counties. And there's been cases where police officers have actually uh-huh. dumped people into the city from other counties. I believe personally, this is my theory. It doesn't negate the fact that there's a homeless issue, but I believe that there's other counties that are purposely dro- dr- dropping people into San Francisco because San Francisco's the bigger city with the bigger budget. Let them pay for this problem that we don't want to deal with. I've seen, I've, 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 I've had people tell me about these things happening that are out there working with homeless over the years. So there's a lot of uh, fishy things that are going on around the homeless. I do have my issues around about the needle exchange program in San Francisco. I remember when that first started and you've got needles out there in the streets that can put people at harm. There's a lot of things that are going on that I don't personally agree with in terms of public safety and everything, but it is a problem that has to be dealt with. But this has got to be the most difficult place to be homeless in, in, in a place, like you said, where you've got to be making some gazillion amount of money to get proper housing uh, in this, in the Bay area and particularly mainly San Francisco. I lived in Oakland in uh, 1997 when I was still married at that time. And I lived in the Lake Merritt area where I could literally rent a apartment for about $600. That was in 1997. You ain't going to do that anymore as Lake Merritt has gentrified and has changed. But let me ask you this question. What is your view before we come to a conclusion tonight? I got two things. I want to know what your view is on the whole ADOS movement. That's one. That's one question. One, one, one issue. And I want you to leave us with these pearls of wisdom, brother, because you're in business. What are the areas that you think will be beneficial uh, for black people to go into in terms of business right now, in terms of in terms of your uh, networking that you've been doing? What's a good area that black people need to really pay attention to that could actually be some benefit to us when it comes to this whole thing about networking, going to seminars for business, all these things to build up our knowledge that we need to be successful in business. So that's one question. The other question is the whole ADOS thing around the issue of reparations. What are your thoughts? Okay. um, As far as your first question, I have an opportunity to literally educate myself on such subject matter. Mm -hmm. So I really can um, elaborate on that. And it would make no sense for me to talk about something I don't have no knowledge to, I'm privileged about, well, let, so I can't really well, touch make, on it. I've it, heard about it, mm-hmm. but um, I've bottled myself up into so many other areas that um, I haven't really sat down and processed it. You know, my girl always tell me, why don't you sit down and watch the news? You got to stay <laughs> up on right. current events. Right. You know what I'm saying? I found myself glued into social media too much mm-hmm. you know that's my news okay so i can't really answer that but as far as the the pearls and the gems i got several of those go ahead brother hit one us things, one of the things that i will say first is whether you started off in business or whether you getting in business learn business ethics um one of the things that i'm going to have on the show real soon is a particular um woman that um is actually in my entrepreneur program. Um, she's going to talk about um, email marketing, oh, you know, wow. and anytime you just starting off with a business, you're going to need somebody that know how to do social media, 
but email marketing. And the reason being is you want to be able to get a response. And people that do business already know it's a certain word and it's a certain phrase and what it is that you say that convinces them to respond back to your email because our attention spans are so short and we like to really um, be selfish about our time. And I noticed that with professional people, if you're not really talking to someone who is already established, then you have to have a compelling benefit for them to take them away from their time. Because, see, they can sit down for 30, 45 minutes and might not make no money. But once they go into the mindset of wanting to make some money and you want that 45 minutes or 30 minutes, you better know how to offer them um, that compelling benefit. So you have to be able to have a, a, a good elevator pitch. You, you got to know how to market it as well as brand yourself. So you need a team. You know, you want to deal with people that are smarter than you in all areas in which you don't have that privial knowledge of. And if you befriend and make the right connections with these people, then as time progress, right, that friendship will blossom to where you will get easy one-on-one lessons on what it is you need to know without having to go to school or pay for anything. Why? Because that friendship was developed first. Right. Okay. That that's just the basic. But when it comes to, and I'm gonna come back to that investment wise, let me tell you what I believe is good to invest in, and which me and my girl did, which is carrot bars, you know, um buying in the gold, because we're heading into a recession. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah, it's coming. We had a recession. So you you definitely got to buy you some gold, okay? And cryptocurrency, that's big. And the Bitcoin, get into that immediately. But what's really finna change the whole world 25 years from now, okay, is something that no one is hip to in our community. We not even hip to it at all. And I just got up on it because of a student that I'm in the class with. And she did my show because this woman talked about something that ain't nobody in the black community even talking about. Okay. And I'm finna throw a curveball. Go ahead. Because what I'm about to share, what I'm about to share with you, what she talked about, do your homework and find out is anybody in our community all over the United States is talking about, and listen to this. Oh, go ahead, brother. Seaweed by O, okay? Seaweed by O. Seaweed by O? Seaweed by O. Seaweed by O, plastic. Wow. Seaweed by O, plastic. Anybody in the black community talking about that? Hell, well, <laughs> I would say... Hell no, right now. I haven't heard anybody talking about that. You telling the truth here, brother. Tell the truth. Okay, so so check this out. If you look at what's going on in the world and how we destroying it, if you go in any, and I mean any store, whether drug store, any store we go to right now, right? And hear what I'm saying. Everything is what? Either wrapped up or compacted in plastic. 
We are destroying the very planet that we live on through plastic. Okay? We tearing up the ozone and we complain about the smallest little things. But we all want to look cute. We all want to have Gucci on, Louis Vuitton, all these name brand items. Right? But none of that's going to matter if we don't have a place to live. Just like the homeless. Wow. We're going to be homeless. Okay? So, with this woman... You better go to my YouTube channel and Pete Gang with Cynthia talking about seaweed bioplastic. She's wow. talking about making it in all different types of forms and growing it in our ocean waters. But if we keep polluting the water, how are we going to grow it? Well, you know what, brother? You're going to have to hit me to connect me with her so I can get her on here. Seaweed bioplastic. I'm going to be doing... As soon as this, as soon as we can come to a conclusion, brother, you're gonna have me doing some research into what you hip and I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have not seen or heard any black folks, even on YouTube so far, that I've run across or any other social media or anywhere talking about bio bio uh, plastic. Have not. Listen, brother. Listen. This is so big. It's like when. Bill Gates created Microsoft and everybody wanted to chime in and he locked down the quarter market. He locked it down in technology, right? Right. He created something that nobody else could patent and it's in every computer all over the world, right? So what I'm trying to tell you is, right, this woman wants to help the planet. How are we not helping our own environment? And people talking about they don't want to contribute to re-entry, right? Mm-hmm. I am a part of this planet. So I want to give you what you don't know about. Right. Well, you know, let me be honest with you, brother. We live in a society where uh, people want to be low to sleep. So when you look at, I mean, hell, I like, you know, look. We got sports. We got entertainment. All this is to pacify us. Breads and circuses. Keep us pacified. Keep us away from what's really going on. So when you ask the question, who's talking about this, a lot of times, and I've been, that's why I brought up the issue about are we ready for the future, a lot of black people, we need to fo- We need to get into issues around science, the environment, climate change. You know, Some of us may think that it's only an issue that white people get into, but It's an issue that we need to get into because we are going to be impacted by this environment change. And I don't see a lot of people talking about environmental issues. We'll spend a lot of time talking about what's wrong with black women and black men and all this other kind of stuff, these sort of soap soap bopper conversations. But we don't spend, I think, enough time talking about the things that are really going to matter, such as the science the stuff that you're talking about for the future, the Bitcoin. There are people on YouTube and other platforms that do talk about Bitcoin. There are black people that are promoting those sort of things. But when you talk about the environment and someone like this sister that wants to give us a key to saving our environment, I don't know if yeah. there's many people that are that are hearing that call because, let's be honest, some people think they're going to live forever. Some people think that, oh, it, it'll happen to people in third world countries or countries that are very poor, but we, we the United States... We're going to be fine. So that it's that 
it's too it's like being passive. We're too damn passive because we're so caught up in the lifestyle that we live, our flat screen television and all our little little, you know, treats and trinkets that we have. Um so you bring up a very powerful issue. Yeah, that that's that's so true. See, the thing is is the reason why a lot of um black people are um now getting into Bitcoin and all this currency is because they're in a um different um income bracket. They can travel the world, you know, and find out what's happening in the world and see the difference. Because you know who actually started all that, right? The Bitcoin and changing the currency. You know, he he was he was murdered behind that, but wow. I don't want to go too far off in death on it. But you know who who really put that on the map, right? Educate us. Um, uh, Gaddafi. Yeah, let, 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 wait a minute. Let me say this. You're, let me say this. Remember, it's no coincidence that Gaddafi is now dead because he also had a proposal in which he wanted to put Africa under one currency to unite the different countries. That, that, that puts the, all that behind. And the minute but he see, did that, that he had to go. over here in America. Right. That, that, that's what's all behind. Right. That's what's all behind. He had already changed the game. It was already in work, so it's still unfolding, right? They can't stop it, but they can slow it down. Slow so it down. they're trying to get as much as they can right. before it really go global. But by that time, everybody else going to be asleep, you know? Right. They going to be asleep. So in the reality of it all is, right, you have to educate yourself, right? They say in law. This is in law, and you are not prejudiced behind this. Ignorance is not a defense. That's law. Right. So there's no excuse with today's technology and seeing where we are today, right? So it's all about mainly, right, in Islam, they teach you. To seek knowledge to the cradle. Right. You have to seek knowledge. So you have to make yourself privy to this information. Let me just say, let me say this right now. I want to um, give a shout out to Alex Express 3. Thank you for being here. The real Aaron, real Aaron Collins. Let's do this, brother. Let me get you on my podcast platform. We're going to do a podcast because brother Aaron Collins, he's from the, uh, he's, well, he's originally from Chicago lives in Los Angeles okay. right now. He has been homeless on Skid Row himself. He has experience because he was literally homeless himself at one point in time. I'm going to do a show with you at some point in time, brother. Uh, I'll be in contact with you. We'll do a podcast about the homeless issue again. Um, we'll do it radio style, though. And uh, thank you for being here, Earl Owens, for being here. I know, Earl Owens, you put a story. Someone put a story in the chat room about what's happening in Seattle or in Washington State. There's some bill that they passed where they're using uh, waste and all kind of things. Look, look, brother, brother, brother Terrence, look, brother, you are yes. on the money tonight. I'm going to have to have you come back for a second round because there's so many more things that I want to pick your brain about. I did a video uh, once upon a time ago, what was it, maybe a year ago, where it was just a video where I broke down um, folks that are coming out of prison and the type of jobs that are felon friendly. I had, I mean, I had about, man, 40, 60, 70. I, it was a whole bunch of jobs that I, I, I rattled off different companies. Uh-huh. Brother, can you tell us right now, 
in your experience, um, what are the top companies right now that are the best opportunity for brothers and sisters that are coming out of the prison environment to definitely not sleep on? Well, well it, it's like this. I'm going to give you two things to answer that question. Thank you. One, it's all based on your skills. Okay. Makes sense. 99.99% of anybody getting out of prison, you're doing labor work. The only real good job you're going to get for a male, even for a female now, where you want to make $35 to $40 an hour, the only way you can get that is if you got to trade. And then you got to get in the union. That's not hard. So you got to get that union money to get in, right? But you can go work construction. Those are the jobs, right? But I'm going to give you a better jewel. If you have any technology skills, and if you don't, right, you better be a good salesman and have a good outer appearance and good customer service. Go read all the principles of what a customer service representative is if you have any good typing skills. So I did a show. You ever seen the movie Wolf on Wall Street? Yes, yes. You seen that? Excellent. Well, I I did a show with the person who the movie was created behind, Richard oh, Bronson. Wow. He created he created a business, which is an organization. He has a company now. It's called www.70millionjobs.com. Wow. www.70millionjobs.com. The 7 right? Mm-hmm. Reach out to him and tell him Terrence McRae referred you. By now, my name should be where it says the refer box. Okay. How so? He offered me a job when I first came home wow. after he met me at Google, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So anybody that gets out that was formerly incarcerated, right? Right. Have the opportunity, right? Right. To get a job through his company because they are partner up, just like what I'm trying to do with my show. They affiliated with Uber. They affiliated with multiple different companies, right? But if anybody want to get a job, right, they have to evaluate what type of work they want to do. Right. Because if you've been incarcerated over 15, 20 years or so, you can go get a job at Lyft, Uber, okay? You could do DoorDash. You could do Grubhub. You could do all them delivery jobs. I worked at for Amazon for two years as a deliverer. And some change and make good money. But after a while, when you get up there in the age, I'm like you, I'm 49. I'm not a delivery type person. I'm a salesman. Yeah, I'm not a okay. delivery person either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And not so much just a desk person. I'm a people person. I like to get out and about. Okay. Hang on. Right, okay. Right, 70 million jobs. Brother, Brother McRae, very important. Uh, Miss Patty, just being Patty, she says, can you repeat the contact, please. And what, okay. I, what I'm going to do. www. Okay. That's www. The number 70 million jobs. All one word. 70 million, million com. And when they re- say refer box, say Terrence McCray referred okay. you. Terrence McCray. Okay. And one of the things is they all over in different cities and all, okay? So their whole thing is to um, ask you for your resume. They're going to determine where you see where you're suited 
and fit based on your resume. Because most guys, when they get out of prison, they don't know how to submit a resume. A resume is not supposed to be no more than one page. Right. Period. One page. But the average guy don't know that all women, if they did all that time. And there's certain language. See, guys seem to think that they're going to put all their accolades is fine, but they're going to put all their job experience prior to when they um, they got locked up. And it does, this refers to people who got locked up, but it was only did five years as well, who only did six months or two years. What they don't really know, you're welcome, Patty. What they really don't know is this, right? And this is what I had to learn. When you talk about a job description that you did use um, verb action words, when you're mentioning exactly, right, the type of job that you qualified for. So don't put down three jobs of your job history, right? And the one you qualify for don't show um, action verbs to the description of the job that you're applying for. And you don't even have a history of it. So make sure you know exactly this is the type of work you got to experience that. Because getting a job is the easiest thing I found upon my release. That was no problem. I'm I'm just not the type of person where I was going to be working three or four jobs. I can't do it. Okay? So opportunities are here. You just got to have the skills. So what, let's let's repeat that again, brother, because this is very important. Two things. Okay. You, you said opportunity is there. Opportunity is here, right? You just got to have the skills. So this is the best thing. If you just got out of prison, right, and you were put into a halfway house, you've been blessed. You got six months to achieve that goal. Same way you achieve that certification or that trade or certificate when you was in prison and you had to go up the hill or you had to go to vocation to acquire that, you got to take that same stride and utilize that free idle time, collect all that GR you get, spend a hundred dollars a month because you got food, you got a roof over your head, right? So you ain't got to worry about no electric bills or none of that. Continue to collect that GR, stack that money up, put it in an account, don't touch it, and go get you some computer technology skills because they doing trades all day. I'm about to do a show. That's right. Okay. In LA, in two weeks, with one of the biggest grantmanship companies in LA. Okay. I'm talking about Mission Quest in LA. Mission Quest. Mission Quest. This woman is the CEO, Teresa, Asian woman. Okay, Teresa Liu, right? Right. This woman is given hundreds of millions of dollars by private sectors, and she determines, her organization determines and indicates where these funds is going to be allocated to other nonprofit organizations. But you know what she provides and teaches? Go ahead, brother. Hip us to it. How to write a grant Grant. to get this money. Get that money, yeah. You know, that's very important. She teaches people how to write a grant to get the money for the nonprofit organizations. Right. You know, I just wanted to say, because we can't sleep on grant writing. That is so powerful. If you have the ability 
to write a grant that gives you all the ability that you need to fund programs coming up with. I think people just need to take a class on grant writing, do anything you can to learn. Cause it could be a benefit. There is money. You said, like you said it, there is opportunity. If you have the skills, if you have the training, you can go to her money. website right now, mission quest, mission quest, everybody mission, mission quest. You can go to a website right now. She tell you the time she got dates when her next class is coming up. Wow. I met this woman on LinkedIn. She reached out to me. We've been chatting ever since. I just got off a conference call with her yesterday. We're doing a show in a couple of weeks. Okay, Brother uh, Terrence, once again, Real Aaron Collins is asking you to repeat the dates. He says, give the dates, Brother Terrence. Uh, Can you give the dates once again? Because folks in here, it's really resonating with people right now listening, what you're saying. Okay, give the dates on what specifically? Yeah, Aaron Collins, can you specifically write down in the chat room exactly the dates that you're talking about for which particular program so that I can put your message on the screen and we can read it out loud. Let me see. We got, but, um, damn, I, I just, uh, man, you just, you, you putting it down right now. Now, look, we can't forget this too, before we end brother, you were talking yes, about there's sir. something going on in San Francisco this weekend. Is it this weekend that you're involved in, right? Is there a conference um, or remember we were talking the other night? What was it? Yes. Last night for a brief uh-huh. moment. And you were talking about there's some is there some other uh, seminar or program or something else that's going on in the Bay Area this weekend or well, coming in, up in the future? Um, in December. Okay, in December. Um, there we go. In December, I'm going to um and uh what's the name of this organization? Well, Green Life, um, which I'm in a member of, we address environmental issues in the Oakland, Richmond, dealing with the oil refinery um, area and. We're going to um, do a movement with another nonprofit. I think it's called Sunrise. It's in Oakland, if I'm correct. If that's what she said. I'm not sure on the particular name. But we're going to do a cleanup movement down there in Lake Merritt and a few other areas. Yeah, this look, environmental racism is a big issue. I know uh, there was a study done a few years ago where they were talking about high counts of breast cancer amongst African-American women particularly that lived in the areas such as Richmond and even in, believe it or not, in uh, what's that Antioch, Pittsburgh, Antioch area. And and, Uh and I had a friend, he was in the military and he told me that, you know, the military, you had Port Chicago out there, that the military Mm -hmm. left a lot of radiation and drone, big drones under the ground. And you have homes out there that were built on some of this stuff. Um, And so he said, he's not surprised that you've got people coming down with sort of unusual conditions, uh, uh, health conditions, living in these environments where you have military presence. If you look at Hunter's Point, uh, the oh, the shipyards, the Navy left some land there, and that land has some toxins in it too. Uh, let's look at West Oakland. I lived in Oakland myself for about 10 years. West Oakland, at one point in time, after we had that earthquake in 89, mm-hmm. the city was given land from the military and they wanted to build some some monuments to Dr. King and some other things there on parts of West Oakland. And they found out that there was toxins in the soil there. There are certain areas that they could not, that the city was not willing to spend the money to have people come in and deal with the soil. There's a lot of fishy things that happen around issues of environmental issues as it relates to where black people live next to these areas. 
which in my opinion is a is a big damn shame that these things are often happening in in communities that we live in and nobody no one seems to give a damn now organizations such as the organizations that you're getting you're involved with I say I say hats off to them what anything that they can do to bring awareness because once we as we said before no one's talking about this um, and while we're not oh. talking about this, I mean, on a high yeah. scale, I mean, on a high scale, while we're not talking about it on a high scale, we're going to die silently. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did forget about one particular organization. Oh, yeah, okay. I hear what you're saying. I did forget about one particular organization. You didn't see on the news. It's all over the internet. Matter of fact, it's all over the world. You know, one particular organization that's one of the biggest um, companies in the United States hired um over 21,000 felonies. Did you know that? Wow, I didn't know that, brother. I mean, you educated me tonight. So let's let's let's, um, let's repeat that number JP again. Morgan. JP Morgan. JP Morgan. So let's repeat that. How JP many Morgan. how many ex-felons did they hire? 21,000. 21,000 ex-felons were hired with PJ Morgan. JP Morgan. Chase J- Chase JP, Bank. Chase Bank. JP, okay. Chase Bank. JP Morgan. JP yeah, Morgan. so um, to, to 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 climb back on your um um not to climb back, excuse me, to reiterate <laughs> back on uh, the um issue you was talking about an environmental issue, not just um in Hunters Points and all these other particular urban community areas. Yes, that is something that Green Life felt was very important. Formerly incarcerated men could be the ones to go back to their community and they advocate and bring to, to like people's attention because nine times out of 10 uh, a lot of people won't be um, keen into someone else coming in a community they're not familiar with or look like them let alone speak about issues that's affecting their environment and get that message across more clearly so they felt we could be a better voice and expressing that um not so much sorrow, but expressing that empathy and understanding. I understand what you're going through, right? And here's here's an easier, not easier way to look at it, but here's uh, a different perspective in how to look at it because I went through it when I was inside. Why? Because a lot of times people don't know that even inside with all that medication they're giving you, it created so much of a big problem. This is how the overpopulation came about where people are now being released, you know, back into the community. And if they're going back in the community the way they were, they going right back to polluted. So we're in an environment where you got these industrial companies um, coming up in here and they're not really letting the public know what the after effects are when they put certain things out there in the omissions, you know, so the emissions is causing what people to catch these diseases and come down, down with these diagnoses. Right. Right. But people that actually started it is involved in it. See, I was almost recruited by the Bay area air quality. Right. And I had actually met with a lot of the black representatives of those communities. Right. And what did they wanted me to do was just really be a peacemaker. Now this is a federal government, Agency, we talking about the Bay Area Air Quality Management is in San Francisco downtown in the financial district, the headquarters. This is the people that that control the BART and the toll booths and all the bridges. Right. Right. 
I was with the organization I'm with. They heard me speak and chime in on the issues after reading the subject matter and let allow my spirit to um, speak. And once it spoke, it moved them to where they invited me to the premises. Okay. And gave me a grand tour of the whole damn place and wanted me, right, to go to the one in Richmond and more other because they was looking for me to be a good spokesperson. I got a, I got a I got a record in the history of being a facilitator for over 10 years, but it was really to calm down the people. Right. It was really to put the leaders in the community on the back burner and being able to, to give them back data. So this is what I've been learning in business that you could easily just like you was in the game mm-hmm. falling for anything. That's right. But not standing for something. You could sell your soul just for a paycheck. Sell your soul. That's right. That's right. That's right, you can right. sell your soul just for a paycheck. So these are the things that I recognize, but I had to learn how to choose my battle. So I just try to explain to individuals what you're going to be faced with. You your own man. You your own woman. You make your own decisions. I don't pay your bills, but I'm just going to share light to you on something that you haven't processed yet. Brother, let me... Um... In closing here, I want you to go ahead, uh, everybody in the chat room, go ahead and make sure you subscribe to Brother Terrence McRae's uh, YouTube channel. Please do. And uh, I want everybody to, uh, and I'm going to be, this is what I'm going to be doing from time to time. Uh, I'm going to be shouting out your channel whenever I go live. Uh, there, are, there, are, there are a lot of different subject matters that I cover some subject matters that can be polarizing and it gets a lot of people, certain subjects you talk about people and be people running in here. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be shouting your channel out every chance I get so that people know who you are, what you're about. Uh, Before we end, I need you most importantly, brother, to tell everybody if you feel comfortable where they can find you on social media, um, and um, certainly everyone out there listening, definitely check out the brother's program. As I was saying, he has a excellent program. Let me go ahead and um, put this banner back up. And as I said, the close the deal show that's on YouTube. But as you I think he has I think you got two YouTube channels. But the one that I was looking at was the one that was under your name, Terrence McRae. So just go to Terrence, Terrence McRae, which I put in the chat room, everybody. You can click into it, subscribe, share this video, tell other people about this video. There will be people that will be watching this, I'm sure, tomorrow because it's people that live in the East Coast that are probably resting right now. And we'll check out the program tomorrow. But everybody, please share the video. Subscribe to the Brothers Channel. Give him support. Um with that said, brother, let everyone know where they can find you at on the various different mediums and some of the maybe the projects that you got coming up or where they may be able to find you at in a, at, a, at some program or seminar or event that's coming up, if you don't if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, as the information man has already indicated, you can actually um, catch me on the Close the Deal show on YouTube. As well as if you live in San Francisco and you have cable Comcast, you can watch me every Monday night on Channel 29 at 8.30 p.m. Or you can um, watch me on Wednesdays on live shows at 6 p.m. But you can go to the online link at 29 period SFC period TV 
as well as you can watch me in Los Angeles, California on Pasadena Media, Spectrum Charter Channel 32. Okay, and just look up the listings and it'll show you the time and day of my actual show. One of the things that you can find me on also is Instagram. Um, my website, you can find me on the Instagram under Terrence McRae or the Close the Deal Show. It would be better if you just probably put the Close the Deal Show and then my name would come right up because some people spell my name with an A, but it's actually with an E. And the website is up, but it's being reconstructed. It's not to my liking and it's going to be changed. What I'm doing also is creating the Close the Deal Show business network from L.A. to the Bay Area. If you in L.A. or if you in the Bay Area, I want your business to be connected to L.A. If you in L.A., I want your business to be connected to the Bay Area. Why? We just a commute away. Also, I want you to be able to um, recognize that this membership is going to provide multiple opportunities for you to not only allow me to help you promote your show by being on the show, but I have rental space where you, if you're a small entrepreneur or if you're an um, insurance salesperson and you're looking for a room full of people where you can educate them on your product, we'll be able to go over that and explain how you can be able to do that by becoming a member. There's going to be various different packages and opportunities on my platform where you can get your message across as well as through my e-commerce because all this is in the works within the next two, three weeks. I'm going to be providing free books of my own personal ups and downs of what it was, um, excuse me, what it took for me to get started and to get in the business world. But once I got out, how I stayed focused, okay? And I'm going to share those through my books on e-commerce as well as connect you. I'm giving a business mixer. So if you anywhere in the Bay Area, Anywhere in the Bay Area, on December 5th, from 6 to 8 p.m., I'm giving a business mixer at WeWorks at 995 Market Street. Let me repeat that. 995 Market Street, December 5th, from 6 to 8 p.m. If you're a WeWorks member, it's free for you. If you're not a WeWork member, it just costs $10, right? I have five sponsors sponsoring the event. The Military Podcast, Evolutions Travel, Farmers Insurance Travel. And if you all know who Bernard Tyson is, the CEO of Kaiser, well, his sister, Sheila Tyson, who's an insurance agent, has her own company. She's also sponsoring it. And the Close the Deal Show is sponsoring. So we here to network. See, when you are part of the Close the Deal Show, my whole goal is to connect you with the right people to put you in the right type of atmosphere, but most importantly, right, to help you close that deal. So this is what we about. Okay. Sharing information. Uh, real Aaron Collins, he lives in L.A., and uh, brother Aaron, he travels Aaron, back and forth to LA. He wants to know when you're gonna be back. Aaron Collins, I live in LA too. I live in two places. <laughs> yes, San Francisco and LA. I'll be giving a business mixer there in December, and the co-sponsor of that will be Carrot Bars. So just stay tuned. We will reach out to you. You can go to my website www.theclosethedealshow.com and sign up under contacts to do the show. 
whether you in the Bay or whether you in LA. I got two studios in two locations and two cable networks, which you will be airing on. Okay. One of the things that I want to be able to do is connect people. Right. I'm just a connector. Okay. I want to connect you. You tell me what it is you do. And I got a resource. So on November 7th, Aaron, you in LA on November 7th through the 10th. Okay. Go to 5300 Melrose. Pembroke Taparelli is giving a film festival. Pembroke Taparelli is giving a film festival at Raleigh Studio, November 7th through the 10th. I'm going to be on the panel. It's about race, religion, and justice. Mm. Unite chains. About race, religion, and justice. Okay? Unite change. Wow. This is Pembroke Taparelli Film Festival, November 7th through the 10th. I'm going to be on the panel. So I hope to see you there, Aaron. Okay, Terrence McCray from the Close the Deal Show. So anybody that wants to reach out and connect with me, go to my um, Gmail, mcrae, period, sf at gmail.com. mcrae, period, sf at gmail.com. Or my business one, The Deal, 333. The deal three 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 at yahoo.com. Okay, brother Thomas, do me. I mean, brother, brother you are McCray, right, brother. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting a little tired. Let me let me just keep it real with you. This is what I would like you to do, brother McCray. I want you when you have opportunity, whether you text it to me, email it to me, or you know exchange it with me over LinkedIn. Every now and then when you got these events happening, either in San Francisco or the L.A. area, because there's people who listen to me in the Bay Area and in the L.A. area or wherever you may be, just let me know so that I can plug it on the program. I can remind people, hey, this event is coming up. Brother McCray's got this event, uh, what gotcha. have you, so that I can plug these events because there's people who listen to my program that are from the Bay. And um, and it's just great to get another plug on it. And I'm, I'm more than willing to plug what you're doing as much as possible because my thing is if you're doing I am about supporting anyone and particularly any black man who is conveying a message that is going to help transform someone's life that is something positive that I can put myself I can put myself behind something like that okay definitely so absolutely well see let me just say this last point uh um those who want to know what the close the deal show is about the close the deal show is about connecting professionals with opportunities through my television platform to educate the public on business tips, concepts, and strategies. Right. And the only way we can do that is to find out what it is you have to offer. If you don't have to offer nothing, it's okay. You can just offer by just being a viewer. Okay, so we all can offer each other something, something. Right. But if you have a skill in which you want to teach other people your skill or a service in which you provide in which you can help another company or another entrepreneur or another offer author or another singer. Right. Or another real estate person 
Are you trying to sell some property? Are you trying to um, cater an event? You need to come on the Close the Deal show so we can connect you with the right people in order for you to close the right deal. Wow. So, Brother Terrence McRae, I'm going to definitely be, I'm going to tell you something right now. Not to get too religious, but I'm a spiritual person. I think that for whatever reason in the universe, it was meant for you to connect with me on in, in you know in link like you did for us to talk and for us to be doing what we're doing right now. I think it was meant anytime I, I run into someone, whether it be through social media and it turns out to be a positive exchange, I, it tells me that it was a meant it was a meant. It was meant to be for us to connect, for you to connect with me, for us to connect in general. So I'm actually happy that it did happen because I definitely, at some point in time, I want to get behind this camera and meet you in person, come out and support whatever event that you got going on. So we'll talk about this, brother. I got your number. We're going to talk. But whatever I can do when you are in the Bay and I'm able to come up to the Bay a little bit closer to where you are and connect with you in person, or, or support a event that you're having or something that you're sponsoring, um, I'm more than happy to do so. As I said Vice before, Lord. I will plug your uh, program, your YouTube channel, definitely, and plug everything else that you're doing. I want to thank you because I know you're a very busy man. you got a lot of things going on, but just the fact that you gave me your time, a brother that's doing the things that you're doing, that says a lot to me because one of the things that I like about what you just did and this opportunity you gave for me to be able to talk to you about these issues, interview you and learn about some of your experiences is that sometimes when I just got to keep it real. Sometimes when people black folks in this case, sometimes, but all anybody, when people get to a certain status in life where they're rubbing noses with all kind of people, they will begin to be so high up in the cloud <laughs> that they forget where they come from. They can't even have what we call the common touch with people anymore. And mm-hmm. no matter how successful you are, brother, you know, whatever you got going on, what, who you're rubbing those uh, uh, elbows with business-wise, the fact that you ha- took the time to say, let me reach out to this, this brother here and, uh, do some, and collaborate something with him. I appreciate that because you could easily be like your nose in the air <laughs> and all that type of stuff. Right, you know, people get, I'm not saying you're like that, but, you know, people become that way. They start to change who they are as they, they, they start to grow grow in success. But you, brother, have kept that common touch, and I wish you nothing more than continued success. Sky's the limit for what you're doing. Uh, I hope you blow up a thousand times over personally. So thank you, brother, for being here. Um, anything else you want to add? Any last words you want to say, brother, for tonight? Yes. Um, first and foremost, information, man. You know, um, everything you said is not only touching, but one of the things that stood out the most is everything happens in divine order. Yes. In the universe. And to cross your path was something that was already preordained. I just didn't know when. <laughs> and if I, had, I got off the track that I was on, right, it wouldn't have never happened. Mm. So, that's the purpose of being able to know that when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you ain't got to worry about your bills being paid. They're going to get paid because you're going to put yourself in a position to make that happen. One of the things that 
I enjoy the most and like doing and seeing is people smile. Right. You know, so whoever was listening to this, if they was just able to just hit a little corner smile, you know, I, I serve my purpose and they serve theirs too by just tuning in. See, every time they watch your show and listen to your show, right, they could be doing something else. True. But it's a purpose of why they watch your show because they don't know who you out there gravitating towards and connected with in the universe and, and hanging out with because you still defining what your stand, excuse me, what your show stand for information. Right. So I am if you look to do that. for some right, information, brother. you can't, but tune into your show. It just reminds me of somebody telling me like an addict missing an AA meeting. Right. That person need to go every chance he get because he don't know. Somebody might say something that trigger him to finally wake up. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to to involve the program. Um, you know, like I said, you know, having brothers like you on who are not only talking about stuff, but you're actually doing it in real life, real tangible stuff. This is um, this to me shows that there are black men out here that are doing the damn thing and that this narrative that is often painted about us is not the truth. And also a narrative that is painted that you can be in prison and you can't come out of prison and transform your life. You can't do anything. You can't do this in A, B, and C. You actually break all those stereotypes. You break all that mold. You can, and you made the most key statements tonight. You said there are programs and opportunities out there, but you have to have the knowledge and the whereabout and the skills. You That was the key words you said. That's right. The skills to be able to fit into certain opportunities out there if you, if you, if you can't create your own opportunity. But at the same time, it is always wonderful when you can create your opportunities. To me, it sounds to me, brother, that, yes, you worked, but you also are creating opportunities for yourself. And that's powerful. That is powerful. So with that said, brother, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, We're going to do this again. Get you back on. I'm going to promote your channel. I'm going to shout you out. And uh, whatever events you have coming up that I can shout out on the channel, advertise it. I'm giving it. I'm I'm going to do that. Uh, Both podcast and the YouTube. My other second YouTube channel. Um, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of folks that will catch the replay of this going into this whole weekend. And those of you that are in the chat room and those of you that are listening out there, please do us a favor and share this in your social media because many more people need to hear the message. Terrence McCray, brother, you are the truth. I thank you for being here, brother. I salute you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And thank you. Thank you for being here tonight with me. We'll do it again. Uh, everybody, that was uh, Brother brother McCray was with us tonight. Let me um, pull over here and let everybody know. Once again, I want to thank everybody for being here. Brother Terrence McCray was on tonight. You got to check out the show that he's got going on over there. Let me put that back up and let y'all see the name of that show. It is on YouTube. I did put the links in the chat room. Let me do it again. If you do not have it, I will put it out there. I want to thank everybody in the chat room that's here. Everybody that you enjoy 
the program. Give us some feedback in the comment section of this video. Give us some feedback in the chat room. Everybody out there that will be listening in those different platforms that I'm a part of, give us feedback, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart uh, Radio Podcasts. Uh, what's that? We got uh, CastBox. Okay, we got Spreaker, all these different platforms. If you're listening out there or will be listening, give me a comment as to what your thoughts were about the program. Brother Terrence McCray, he put some wisdom on it tonight. He broke it down 100%. Everybody seemed to enjoy. Let me um, get some feedback here from what folks are saying here. Let's see. And real Aaron Collins, we're going to do the show about the homeless situation in L.A. in particular because I know that you have some expertise in the area of what is happening in that area. And uh, real Aaron Collins is into films. He's a film. Uh, he's a film uh, directing and writing. He says film is right up the alley, and I know exactly where O'Reilly's uh, Studios is. I am so there, my brother Terrence McRae. So he's going to be there, brother McRae. He's going to come check out. The event we got Earl Owens in the house. I'm surprised you got power in California with PG and E. Yeah, PG and E. They, they talking about breaking PG and PG and E up. They going. It's a lot of weird things going on, and there's a lot of weird things going on with YouTube and these damn notifications. Because I know people are not getting the notifications that they should be getting for my show tonight. There's something fooey going on again with YouTube and the notifications. Who are you calling at eleven o'clock? I ain't calling nobody. I'm still on there um, listening. So, so the brother is having a personal conversation there with a significant other. I'm going to mute that because that is a personal conversation right there. Um, so everybody, once again, thank you for being here. I uh, thank you again. Let me um, let me see. I'm going to read some more. Um, let me see. So Errol Owens, Miss Patty, real Aaron Collins. Uh, we had Brother George Frazier. Oh, let me go with my man Scorpion. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Uh, brother Scorpion is in the house. Damn, brother. I need everybody in the chat room to check that brother's channel out. Subscribe to that brother, Brother Scorpion. Check that brother out. Scorpion X1X. Good brother. Got it. He's got it going on. Check him out. And make sure, like your life depends on it, that you subscribe to Terrence McCrary's channel. Check him out a hundred percent you've got to do it you got to do it and uh with that said i'm going to get ready to lunch off i appreciate you all being here once more again peace and love to you everybody
Information is power. Information Man Podcast and Information Man Show. Information is power. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. 